0: Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Reed. In this week's podcast episode, I'm actually sharing an episode where I was a guest on the Direction Not Perfection podcast with Lindsay House, RD. You'll hear about self-care with food versus self-soothing with food and how to do both in a healthy way. The needed mindset work to transition from your initial jumpstart protocol into a long-term lifestyle. Why comments or even compliments on your body can be triggering, carb reduction as a healing protocol instead of a lifetime sentence, how our language creates our reality, and the incredible health marker improvements I've seen with my clients beyond just weight loss. Hang tight because I want to tell you about this month's self-care keto class and then onto the episode. Do you struggle with self-sabotage? Self-sabotage happens when our willpower runs out and we inevitably come back into behaving in line with our beliefs that are not serving us. We will always default back to behaving in line with our beliefs, so we have to make sure that we have beliefs that help us get to our goals. Did you know that about 95% of our thoughts each day are subconscious and repeating thoughts? When we think the same thoughts over and over, they become deeply rooted beliefs, in turn Our deeply rooted beliefs generate all of our repeating subconscious thoughts, which generate our feelings, which generate our behavior, which ultimately generates our results. Unless we change our beliefs, we will never have the new long-term results we want, including weight loss. We have a new mindset topic this month called rewiring beliefs. In this self-care keto class, you will identify the beliefs that are holding you back. Question them with self-compassion to loosen their grip on you. Choose new beliefs that are actually going to help you. Create a morning or evening routine that keeps you rewiring your brain every single day. Get resources that you can use over and over every time you notice a new belief you want to change. And finally, break your patterns of self-sabotage by getting at the root of your beliefs. When you sign up, you get immediate access to the recorded class, and you can watch it whenever is good for you, and you'll have access to it forever. It's just $33. Sign up at bit.ly slash self-care
1: keto class. I'm so excited to introduce our community to Jess Reed today. We're going to talk about practicing self-care through what we eat, which I think is interesting because a lot of times we think let's go get a manicure, let's go get a massage. So welcome Jess. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I'm really excited to be here as well. Oh, Thrilled to have you. And you're going to have to back us up a little bit. Just like, how did you get into this current space that you were in and your passion? Take yeah. us through it all. Yeah, definitely. Okay.
0: So my name is Jess Reed and I am a self-care keto coach. I made up that word, but <laughs> I'm a certified life coach and I'm a weight loss coach. So I like to help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. So, um, Basically, I started coaching about four years ago now. I started it as a side hustle while I was um, working full-time, and then I built my way into creating a full-time practice, which I'm really, really proud of. Um, So I've been coaching for four years. I've been following a low-carb lifestyle for the last eight years, going on nine years, started back in 2013. So it's been quite a while, Um, but how I got even into that was basically just struggling with weight my entire life. Um, I was an overweight child. Um, I grew up with a twin sister. We are fraternal twins, not identical, but still people would compare us. And, you know, growing up in the 1980s, which was a different time, people felt like they could just say comments about your body or whatever. And so they're like, oh, look, you know, they don't look anything alike. There's the tall, skinny one, and she's the short, fat one. And this was like my childhood wound that like, you know, oh, "Oh, it's awful. And so I was was young when my mom um, started trying to help me Diet. Um, My mom taught me to count calories probably when I was about 10 years old. Even before that, I can remember back being like seven, eight years old. Um, babysitters would come over and there was like a snack list up on the fridge of snacks that my sister could have versus snacks that I could have. Like it was very um, it was very intentional that like um they were trying to help me, like fix me, like there was kind of something wrong with me. Um, my mom taught me that I had a slow metabolism. Um, a lot of the women in my family were overweight. So, you know, she kind of tried to bond with me over it. She struggled with her weight as well, but it was very, um, harmful, um, and scarring to me. So even once I did, um, reach like a normal body weight after puberty, not in a healthy way, I like, you know, did, did all the restriction and, you know, purging and counting calories obsessively. I reached a healthy weight, but I always saw myself as overweight my entire life even though I was at a
1: healthy weight most I of my life. I hate to interrupt you, but I think this is going to be so important or important for our listeners to hear yeah. when you were losing weight, but you were doing it in an extra, like an unhealthy way. Like you said, yeah. were people giving you constant compliments?
0: Um, I can't remember, honestly, I don't want to answer unfairly, but I know that that is a very common thing. Um, I know that I felt a lot of affirmation personally, because I was right on the cusp of puberty and, you know, like probably like between the ages of 12 and 14 is when I really slimmed down. Um, and I did notice that boys were more noticing me, you know, previously, like they were like, oh no, you know, (laughs) but like, I, I definitely, I was getting a lot of compliments about my body now in my new body from, from boys. But it wasn't like, oh, you've lost weight type of compliments. Yeah.
1: Uh, no, that's a good an- yes, good answer. I feel like Oprah Winfrey brought this up one time. Mm-hmm. And it was just the idea that society again like is quick to compliment mm-hmm. without understanding like the process of how somebody's getting there. And yeah. uh it just okay, another topic for another day, but yeah. Keep but on. no,
0: you're completely right. It's that, you know, a lot of times we just feel free to comment on people's bodies, but you don't know what they're really going through. Like somebody could be losing weight for a reason that it's like their health is at risk or, you know, you, you, you just never really know. Um, and so it is very, um, it can be very triggering to people to get any kind of a comment on their body, whether it seems positive to you or critical to you. Like for, for some people, it can just be triggering overall. Like I've worked with a lot of clients and they don't even like getting compliments. Like, for them getting a compliment, like, oh, you've lost weight, like that, it can be very triggering to them. And then it can even set off like a cycle of self-sabotage where they feel like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I have to do this forever. And then, um, if I'm, if I'm going to be worthy and then it can really set them off into a binge. And like, it's very interesting how, how those things can be really triggering.
1: Yeah. So true. Or the thought process of like, what you didn't like me at this size or Mm -hmm. I wasn't that, you know, like they're getting all this positive affirmational type things at a new size. I don't know. That's just, it's a hard topic. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, that's
0: fine. I appreciate the deviation because it's sometimes those rabbit holes are definitely worth chasing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, again, I, I was at a normal weight for most of my life, but always saw myself as overweight. So I struggled with body dysmorphia and even maintaining that weight, it was very disordered eating. I, I counted calories every day of my life for as long as I could remember from the age of 10. It was like constant running total in my brain of the number of calories that I had consumed. It kept me very, um, my attention was always on that. It was like always playing in the background of my brain, creating like low level anxiety about eating with other people, going out to eat. Um, I would, you know, do a lot of disordered things like take laxatives. Um, I would, exercise, um, as compensation for eating. Um, I would hide food that I was eating. Um, I would eat in secret. Um, yeah, I struggled with a lot of disordered eating, even though I didn't have like a diagnosed eating disorder definitely was on the spectrum of disordered eating for my entire life. Um, fasting in the name of like spiritual growth or like whatever it was like, you name it, I did it. And, um, Yeah. And that was just to maintain my weight. And I was never even happy with, with any of it. Um, so in my mid twenties, I went through a traumatic experience and packed on about 40 pounds in the course of a year. So I did find myself truly overweight at the highest weight that I had ever been in my whole life. And I, um, just wanted a quick fix. It was November of 2013, three weeks before Thanksgiving. And I was thinking to myself, how can I lose 10 pounds as fast as possible before I have to see all these people at like Thanksgiving, you know, and I approached at the Atkins diet because when I was growing up, I saw my mom go on Atkins whenever she wanted to drop like five pounds in a week. Um, and she never followed it as a lifestyle. She followed it as like, um, like a fad diet or like a quick fix. And so it was mm-hmm. always the diet mentality, like on a diet or off a diet, um, being good versus off the rails, like this type of a thing but I had that in the back of my mind, remembering that it was effective. I didn't care if it was healthy. I didn't even know anything about it. Um, so that's what I chose to do. So I followed, um, Atkins, like the first phase of Atkins, which is the most, um, the the lowest in carbs. So I counted my carbs and, um, I was like, I just want to lose 10 pounds in two weeks. And I did, but what I did not expect was how amazing I felt. Um, and I think maybe like I was like, how do people not know about this? Why did nobody ever tell me about this? But I was like, oh, nobody ever followed it for more than a week. But for me, it did take like a little bit over a week and and I just felt completely different. It was like something shifted inside of me. I didn't know the science or the words to explain it. But for the very first time in my life, I felt what I would say was food freedom, meaning Mm -hmm. my thoughts were free from thinking about my next meal or counting anything or stressing about food um, I was satiated like I was no longer hungry after dinner previously every night after dinner I would snack something sweet something salty, something sweet something salty until I was so bloated and distended and full of shame vowing I would never do this again restricting the whole next day only to repeat it again the next night over and over this was my life and it quite honestly was hor- it was horrible. Um, I didn't realize how much pain I was in because it was it had just become familiar and normal to me um but that was that was like gone it like completely suppressed i again i felt full i felt satiated i was amazed that i wasn't hungry to eat after dinner and i didn't feel any kind of like compulsion in my brain to do it um and that is what made me decide like oh my god i'm going to do this forever and like i just kept it to myself like my husband at the time was like yeah she's on another diet yada 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 um but over time i stuck with it um i not only lost the 40 pounds that i had gained but lost another 10 pounds and beyond the weight loss, again, it was the food freedom. So many other things that I didn't expect. Um, I feel like it really balanced out my hormones because I didn't realize that I was having, um, painful periods until I wasn't having painful periods. Like there was no more PMS. There was no more breast tenderness. My moods were more stable. Um, never got acne anymore surrounding my cycle. Um, my digestion completely improved. Like I used to be just like bloated after every meal, um, I just thought that I ate too much, but really I, now I know now like, okay, it was the foods that I was eating. I think I had a sensitivity to gluten, even though it was never like diagnosed or anything, but I think I definitely did. Um, I just had so much more energy, um, my depression and anxiety that I was struggling with at the time, you know, it didn't like disappear, but it really abate it. I was sleeping better. Um, I was able to think more clearly. So just, just so many benefits. That's why I've stuck with it for as long as I have. And it's just been become a lifestyle
1: for me ever since. Yeah. So where does the whole self-care part come in with you? Because I feel like this is very linked into your thoughts with a healthy mindset.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I call myself a self-care keto coach, because you could be following any food protocol, like any food plan that you've created, and you could be approaching it from a mindset of self-punishment and restriction, or you could be approaching it from a place of self-care. Um, and for me, keto was a way of self, of self-care for me because what I put together after the fact was that I never had proper nutrition in my entire life. No one ever taught me about proper nutrition. I was taught about calories, like calories in and calories out. I was taught to, you know, eat less and move more and pay attention to calories. And that's it. Food quality, like actual, like macronutrients had no knowledge on this whatsoever And I realized that for my entire life, I was basically nutritionally deprived. And that was the source of a lot of my issues. And so how is it self-care or how is eating a form of self-care? Well, self-care is just meeting your own needs or getting your needs met, right? And so when I became a mom, um, you know, and I know you're a mom too, like that moment when you have to leave the hospital with that little baby and like the weight of responsibility on you is just like, oh my God, I have to keep this other person alive. But it's the simplest thing in the world to do. Like you have to feed them. You have to make sure they sleep, keep their body temperature regulated. Like these are the most basic fundamental human needs. And nutrition is the most basic fundamental human need that was not being met for me. And I know is not being met for probably most people that are like following a standard American diet. We're not getting educated on this. We're not paying any attention to it. If anything, we tend to self-soothe with food instead of practicing like true self-care with food, which is like meeting the real nutritional needs that we have. So yeah,
1: that's why it's my self-care. So my brain goes into this too. So self-care, you have managed to like follow this. And it is like, if somebody would think, you know, they'd think stricter plan, Mm -hmm. how do you manage to fit in all of those nourishing foods, all of the fruits, all of the colors of the rainbow, like how you obviously have found a lot of variety. You're not following just that strict list. Like how does that work in your life?
0: Yeah, definitely. So I, I try to help my clients focus on it this way, not what you can't have, but all the things that you can have. So focusing on approach goals instead of avoid goals is always going to be um, more successful for any goal that you have in your life. No one likes to feel restricted. Um, And we all have that fundamental need for human freedom, human autonomy. As soon as we start to feel any kind of restriction, we will rebel against it, even if we're the person who's putting the restriction on ourselves or it's just the story that we're telling ourselves about it, right? And so we'll buck against that and um, we'll we'll rebel and that's just a normal human response, right? And so I like to to focus on the wide variety of foods that you can have. And so for me, one of the biggest shifts from eating like calorie restriction versus just paying attention to carbs was all the foods that I could eat that previously I avoided, which was basically fat, you know, my whole life I was taught to avoid fat and all the foods that taste the best are high in fat, you know, like make how do you make your vegetables taste good oil and butter? And, you know, I used to put like that nasty spray stuff on there that was like zero calories or whatever, like just steam it plain bland. Like, um, so yeah, to me, that's why it was so much more enjoyable than the way that I was eating before. Um, and I was always, um, taking enjoyment for myself rather than giving enjoyment to myself previously to this. And so to me, it was just such a big shift of like what I get to eat. Like I can have a huge steak. Um, I can have a big bowl of strawberries with real whipped cream, you know, um, I can have bacon, like all the things that previously I was like, no, those are like, no, no's because they're too high in fat or whatever cheeseburgers, you know, as long as you don't have the bun on it, but yeah. So for me, I was like, wow, I get to have all these foods that I really, really enjoy. Um, And yes, definitely it's hard um, in the beginning thinking like, oh, I can't have that. But very quickly, I started to realize like, I'm not going to say that. Like no one's holding a gun to my head. No one is like saying you can't have that. Like I'm making this choice every day because I feel so much better this way. So yeah, focusing, uh, changing our language is a really big thing because our language creates our reality. Um, And you're right. I do eat a wide variety of foods, um, probably compared to how some people might approach um, the keto diet or as they understand it. Um, But there's actually a lot of different ways to keto. And I don't know how far you want to go down that rabbit hole. But (laughs) keto is not a yes or no foods list. It's a metabolic state where your body has switched from primarily burning sugar for fuel to burning fat for fuel. And it might not actually be as restrictive as you think. It kind of depends on your individual state of health. Um, how your body is able to tolerate carbohydrates, depending upon your insulin resistance and things like that. So I treat every client as an individual, and by no means do we want to place more boundaries on food than we absolutely need to in order to heal our bodies. And also, whatever kind of um, protocol that you are following to heal your body is not a lifetime sentence. It is—it's um, a healing protocol. So, you know, you're not going to go on a course of antibiotics forever and ever. No, just until your body is healed. So I I try to help my clients that maybe they do need to be, have a little bit stronger boundaries with food in the beginning, just to remember like, hey, this is, um, this is to heal your body. It's not, it's not a lifetime sentence because when we feel that way, we feel stuck, we feel trapped and we want to rebel against it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you have like a protocol too? do when you dive in with a client, do you have physicians that you're paired with or there physicians that everybody's working as a team through this?
0: So I, I am willing to do that if any client wants me to do that. But what I always ask them to do is first of all, to get clearance from their own medical doctor. Um, I always do ask them to do some recent blood work as well so that we can kind of check some of those markers to see if there's insulin resistance. Um, and I like to educate the client on it as well so that I'm not just like looking at their stuff and being like, oh yeah, you're insulin resistant, but I want to try to explain it to them too. And then we, we look at how blood work changes over time. And, you know, I have seen clients reverse their diabetes or reverse their pre diabetes. I've seen clients, um, you know, reverse their insulin resistance, their A1C is lowered, um, their their hormones are balancing out, they're getting a, a regular monthly period back. I've seen some clients get pregnant who are struggling to get pregnant. Like, it's really incredible, um, not just the weight loss, but the overall health markers that you can see improve.
1: Yeah, yeah. So in my world, what I've witnessed as far as like, cause I've been in weight loss surgery, obviously people who've been on Jenny Craig, who've been on Weight Watchers, Keto, Adkins, all of it. Like I have a strong belief that people need a jump start. that we need this. Like I need to see results or where is my umph going to come from that I'm yeah. going to keep carrying. I always find that the hard part is that transitional phase. It's the part where like some people have seen the results, so they feel good. And they kind of feel like they got it, but now it's transitioning to lifelong. Oh yeah. What is like, how does that part of your program go or coaching go where you feel like you can really stay locked in on some of those clients to handhold them, whether they choose to keep following keto or whether they're just transitioning back into their own variety and way of life. But like, do you have some good tips in that area? Yeah, definitely. That's why I am a certified life coach.
0: And so I I really like to do a lot of mindset work with people and, you know, coaching like life coaching is about not just changing behavior, but changing beliefs. And so anybody can temporarily modify their behavior, especially if it's rewarding to them to see whatever results they're getting, but then slow the results, take away the results and what's actually happening. we, We lose our motivation, right? Because we were only um, modifying our behavior to get a different result, and so we're so much more layered than that. So I'm, you know, we're we're like an onion. So the outermost layer is the results that we're trying to get, and then the layer right below that is our behavior. And so if we change our behavior, we get a different result. Awesome, right? But why don't we stick with it forever? Well, eventually things start to slow down or whatever. But the real reason why we don't stick with things forever is because there's so much more beneath just our behavior. Our thoughts and our feelings lie below that. And at the core of who we are is our beliefs. And our thoughts and our feelings are being generated by these subconscious beliefs that we hold, which is basically kind of like our, our brain's programming that we've absorbed from our childhood and most of our life. And we don't realize how much of our thoughts are basically just recycling on repeat all of the thoughts that we've always thought based on what we were taught, what we were conditioned to believe. And so I help my clients get to the root of their beliefs that are dysfunctional surrounding food and weight and body image. So that when we can heal those beliefs to be beliefs that are not holding us back and harming us and limiting us, but actually ones that are serving us, um, that's when your behavior will flow naturally from a place of ease and flow. Um, Again, we can temporarily change our behavior to go against our beliefs, but that won't last long. Eventually our beliefs will kick back in to run the show because we have to really force ourselves and white knuckle it to act out of line with our beliefs. And so again, these are negative beliefs, you know, like, but it will come back up. Those beliefs that's like, oh, what's the point? Or this isn't even worth it. Or, um, You know, other people are too upset with me. I don't want to inconvenience other people. Um, Or um, look at all the other women in my family. No matter what I do, this is my my DNA is basically my destiny. I'm always going to struggle with this. I'm never going to get to my goal weight. Those are thoughts that start to creep up as soon as any kind of obstacle comes in our way. And but we can actually explore those things through a lens of self-compassion as to how we even got here in the first place and really rewire that it takes time. It takes repetition. It takes intention, but that's what I work on with my clients to actually see them have long-term success while we work together. And then even after we're done working together,
1: it's such a brain game, right? I always felt like, why did I not go into psychology? I feel and then psychologists are always like, why didn't I bring in nutrition? Why didn't they really need to be buried together for sure. That's what I love to do. do. And, and personal is the same too. You always hear trainers want the other ends. It's like, it's all of it, right? It's having the whole team, the whole package work together yeah. because we're all individual and everybody mm-hmm. has such individual needs. Yeah. Where are the best places to find you?
0: Well, my website is theketofit.com
1: and I am on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at theketofit. So yeah, that's the best places to find me. We always like to ask this question, if you could wrap your arms around our listeners today and kind of send them off with, please hear this out of me. I hope and pray that if you hear nothing else, hear this. What would that look like?
0: If you practice self-care with your nutrition, then you will find that you no longer constantly are trying to self-soothe with your nutrition. So we need both. We need to self-soothe ourselves when things are hard. And so we can learn new ways to self-soothe aside from just food. And it's okay that sometimes food is a part of that, but we, we wanna expand that. Um, but the real self-care is designing a life that you don't feel like you constantly need to numb out from. And so that includes your nutrition, but it also includes all of the other fundamental human needs that you have in your life for love and belonging, safety and security, esteem, a sense of purpose, having strong, healthy boundaries, all of those things. Um, So if you're struggling with emotional eating, which welcome to being a human, I just, (laughs) you know want to encourage you that you're not alone and that it absolutely is possible to reduce that. You know, maybe it's never, ever going to go away. Like it's, let's be realistic. Like maybe you're never going to never emotionally eat in your life again, but it really is possible to reduce that and to have it no longer be such a, um you know, a stronghold in your life or, um, creating, um, you know, toxicity in your life or harming you every day. Like it really is possible to overcome that through designing a proactive form of self-care. And, and the first thing to do is to get your nutrition dialed in, give yourself the food that you need, because it's like, you know, like when I brought my daughter home from the hospital and I just told you, I got a new puppy. Like my sleep is being interrupted. When you get a full night's sleep again for the first time, you're like, I am a new woman. Like I didn't know how much that was really messing me up. Like it's kind of like that with nutrition. Once you get your nutrition dialed in, you feel like a whole new person and you didn't realize um, how much energy you were lacking. And then you can show up for the fullness of your life. So that's what I would say to, to your listeners today
1: a lot of So good. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you too. Hey guys, I know you've been hearing a lot of fancy ads from me about my new self-care keto holiday guide, but today I just wanted to speak from the heart for a minute. I wrote this holiday guide for you because I don't want you to have the typical stressed out day of thinking of everyone else, but yourself. I loved holidays so much as a kid, but man, I had no idea how much work my mom and aunts must have done. Now I know. There's been a lot of holidays that I just honestly didn't look forward to because of all the stress there is to do and the fear about food and weight gain, and that makes me sad. It makes me sad to think that that might be you too. Things have really changed for me around the holidays. Yes, of course, I do get a bit stressed when I'm trying to cook multiple dishes and be somewhere at a certain time, but honestly, I do not overcommit like I used to. And now I also have a lot better tools to deal with that stress. I don't fear food and weight gain anymore. I don't feel like I have to choose between feeling deprived or feeling guilty afterwards. I want this for you too. I want you to look forward to the holiday. I want you to think about what you want it to be and make it happen. It's your holiday too. You deserve to enjoy it. You don't have to eat keto on every holiday. That's not what this guide is about. It's about practicing self-care through your food even on a holiday. And for you, that could look like eating something sugary. I want you to enjoy the heck out of it without any drama and then just get right back to your life the next day. And if you wanna avoid the sugar and carbs even on the holidays, you can do that too. There are so many delicious ways to have a keto or low carb holiday without feeling deprived. This guide helps with all of this. It's mindset and strategy. That's what I'm always all about. Have you been curious about the self-care keto holiday guide? Here's what people are saying. I absolutely loved the holiday guide and how much it emphasized being in control of the food, that I am in control and I get to choose. I've decided I'm gonna stay keto for the most part, but I'm going to fully enjoy a piece of sweet potato pie. I'm gonna make the keto crab cake stuffed mushrooms and not even tell anybody that it's keto. So I'm really curious and excited to see their reactions. I loved the idea to use the sample plate method and I think that's gonna be a huge help to me. I was really surprised that you included a section about processing my fear of what others will think of how I eat. I was also surprised that you had sections about emotional eating at the holidays and how to get back on track after a holiday. These were so on point for me. The tools about how to make decisions ahead of time, even when I'm going somewhere else for a holiday, were so helpful, and I can even apply this to my workplace holiday party. This was so enlightening to me about my mindset about the holidays, and I'm actually feeling excited instead of stressed to go into the next holiday now. This holiday guide is such a treasure. Guys, I hope that you will check out my new self-care keto holiday guide at theketofit.com holiday. You can instantly download it today for just $19.